Because when you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. And I, I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the to me. This looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments, let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsifying business records, conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight counts related to soliciting, and I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now, but I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Until they find some evidence, we need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States. And I will yield. Republicans are attempting to make the case that the president profited from his son Hunter's business dealings. Here's a bit of what their own Republican witnesses said on the stand. Are you presenting any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? No, I'm not. I have not. Uh, I have not. I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. I am not here today to even suggest that there was corruption, fraud, or any wrongdoing. One, one senior Republican aide described the hearing as, quote, an unmitigated disaster, saying, quote, you want witnesses that make your case. Picking witnesses that refute House Republican arguments for impeachment is mind-blowing. Nevertheless, House Oversight Chair James Comer now says he'll issue subpoenas for Hunter Biden's bank records. Joining us now, CNN anchor and senior political analyst John Avalon, Washington Post political video editor Joyce Coe, and CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig. Ellie, I want to start with you, because... This wasn't the, the opening hearing of an impeachment inquiry is not necessarily the hearing that's designed to lay out all the smoking guns and essentially have everybody decide that everyone is guilty. But Republicans controlled the hearing, the witnesses, the framing of the hearing, and they got run over yesterday. Yeah. And that's not my saying that. That's members of House Republican leadership, their advisors, saying that repeatedly. How? What, what a complete disaster and embarrassment. And you're right, Phil. The first hearing traditionally is not necessarily where you have to make the whole right. case, but you have to have something. You don't want your own witnesses essentially turning on you like we just saw. And for contrast, when we were in the impeachment inquiry stage in Donald Trump's first impeachment, the one related to his attempt to shake down Ukraine, during that process, we heard first-person testimony from Marie Yovanovitch, from Alexander Vindman, from Bill Taylor, from all these people who become familiar, who were giving you direct evidence that was relevant to impeachment. Here, they're still looking. And God bless them. You have that. They have the House majority. You can do what you want. You can subpoena what you want. You can investigate what you want. But I think they got a little, well, quite a bit ahead of themselves here by calling this hearing to a start when they just don't have the evidence. A couple of things we don't know. We don't know if there will be another hearing. We don't know if they will subpoena President Biden. We don't know if articles of impeachment will be brought. 
What we do know is the time that was spent and chosen to be spent in this moment. And what was interesting is that Chair Comer said yesterday, John, that this inquiry, this team, et cetera, is deemed essential, which means they will keep doing this work through a shutdown. It's essential for their short-term political purposes. It's not essential to the functioning of government, nor is it essential from any constitutional standard when it comes to actual impeachment. You know, Comer begins by saying there's a mountain of evidence, which is completely refuted by his own witnesses who say there's no direct evidence. He did talk about, I don't know if we have the sound, we'll play it later in the show for sure, but do you remember that moment when Comer talked about, the, and I'm paraphrasing here, two wire transfers from yeah. China uh, at... at an important moment, right? I think those are things we need more details on. Look, we all, it's perfectly legitimate to get more information. Yeah. Um, but not at the standard of an impeachment inquiry, which has a historic standard. It's only happened four yeah. times in our history, five if you include Nixon. You're saying get that first. Get that first. This is just a fishing expedition for blatantly partisan purposes without the kind of evidence necessary to this constitutional standard. And, and saying it's something versus showing something is very different. Big time. And I think that's the biggest thing. On those wire transfers, that was when Hunter Biden was living with Joe right. Biden at his yes. residence, which is why, you know, uh, Biden folks say that that's why the address was on it with those transfers. But to your point, like, these are things that raise questions. And I think the, the reality, as I think a lot of Democrats have acknowledged, of Everything that Hunter Biden was doing, trying to trade on the name while it happens in Washington on a regular basis, looks really bad. I think the question in terms of if you're controlling the narrative, you're controlling the framing, how do you get this far ahead of yourself and then end up with something like yesterday? Well, I think that was a big question going into this impeachment inquiry in the first place, is how do you... What do you do when there is no evidence? Um, and if you don't have witnesses that are being presented with any firsthand knowledge of this, um, I don't think anyone is questioning that... Hunter Biden did accept payments from Chinese nationals, but you have to, uh, in exchange for his father's influence, but you have to be able to prove that the president himself uh, also used his power to then benefit his family and enrich his family. So, I, you know, in talking to a lot of strategists, Democratic and Republican strategists, that is kind of the big question is how do they, what do they do when they don't find any evidence and what do they do when this does not amount to um, if they don't find evidence, and what is this, mm -hmm. what what happens if they, if this doesn't really amount to anything substantial? And to to that point, there was some conspicuous sleight of hand, I think, going on by Representative Comer in his opening statement. He kept on saying the Bidens or the Biden family, but he couldn't say in any kind of good faith linking to President Biden. And he kept talking about the mass of documents, thousands and thousands. Fine. I mean, I very much have an open mind. I'm curious. I want to see what they have. Do any of those wire transfers? link up to anything, right. but, but man, look before you leap. Can you give us, you're so good at always explaining this with the historical context. It's not normal to have this many impeachment inquiries in this short a span of time. Not remotely. I mean, the first impeachment inquiry is Andrew Johnson after the Civil War. The second, you got to fast forward 100 plus years to Richard Nixon. Then you've got Bill Clinton, and then you've got two Trumps, right? Both of which, by the way, I would argue, hit that standard. And this is simply a tit-for-tat acceleration cycle. And, and by the way, not for nothing, but the split screen yesterday between, you know, President Biden giving a speech about threats to democracy at John, McCain at Institute. At the McCain Institute, <laughs> right, by Bipartisanship. By McCain Institute in Arizona. And, and this, uh, you know, sort of farcical uh, impeachment inquiry by historic standards, uh, that tells you everything you need to know about the bizarro state of our politics right now. Bizarro, specific term. Bizarro world. Yeah, that's, no, that's a historical yeah. reference. <laughs> yes, it's very important to have that. To that point, and I, I, I'm glad that Jeff brought this up. You know, watching the speech yesterday, knowing the preparations heading into the speech, okay, let's take a listen to something that President Biden said. 
I'm here to speak about another threat to our democracy that we all too often ignore, the threat to our political institutions, to our Constitution itself, and the very character of our nation. There is an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy, the MAGA movement. But there's no question that today's Republican Party is driven and intimidated by MAGA Republican extremists. Trump says the Constitution gave him, quote, the right to do whatever he wants as president, end of quote. I've never heard a president say that in jest. Fourth speech from the president on democracy uh, and on the stakes, really the through line from his campaign announcement in 2019 to now and his campaign in 2024. Um, and yet the chaos on Capitol Hill, impeachment inquiries, the Republican campaign, is the message going to be as effective as Democrats think it was in the midterms? You know, I think the president is going to have to do more. Now we've had four years of the Biden administration and looking forward into 2024. I think that this message will resonate. It will continue to resonate um, among certainly Democrats and his base of supporters. But He's going to have to do more because there are a lot of dissatisfied voters out there who have seen four years of his administration are dissatisfied with the economy, his handling on immigration, complaints about his age. We saw that in the Washington Post polling just this past uh, this past week with Biden, you know, trailing Trump by these 10 points. Yeah, it, it will be a central theme, but I think he has a record now, which is different than 2020 that he's going to have to talk about. All right, guys, appreciate it. As Thank always, you. thanks so much.